This is Wordfall, with historical novelist Rosanna M. White, offering our words to the Lord at the crossroads of faith, family, and fiction. Last year, I had great fun with my 38 Things post on my birthday, and on my anniversary this year, in June, I had a lot of fun with my 20 Things about marriage. So, of course, I have to keep up the tradition and give you 39 things from this past year. My birthday is actually in a couple days, but I figured I'd post this a few days early so it's on my usual day. And they're in pretty much random order, so brace yourself for that. But here we go. Let's dive in. Number one, I'm now a D-mom. For those of you with no reason to know, that means a mom of a type 1 diabetic. This is without question the biggest change of the last year, and one I certainly didn't plan on or want, but which had some surprising blessings. My son, Rowan, 12 at the time, was life-flighted to Pittsburgh Children's Hospital on September 26, 2020, in what's called DKA, diabetic ketoacidosis. Basically, his body had decided to attack the insulin-producing beta cells in his pancreas, which means he can no longer produce his own insulin, which in turn means his cells can't get the sugars they need to survive. So to compensate, his body began to break down fats, which releases an acid called ketones into his body, Normal people can then just burn the ketones, but that requires insulin, which he was no longer producing. So those ketones built up in his system and became toxic. After five days in the hospital, we emerged equipped to handle this new insulin-dependent life. It was quite a learning curve. I was exhausted for months. But as we approach one year of living with diabetes, I'm getting to the point where I'm not just seeing the struggles and the work and the exhaustion. I'm also seeing how strong and responsible Rowan has become. I'm seeing the encouragement and support within the diabetic community, and I have learned so much. The biggest thing of which has nothing to do with counting carbs or calculating insulin doses. It's more... Number two, we all have a thing. Living with something as life-altering as insulin-dependent diabetes has shown me we all have a thing. Something we struggle with. Something we battle something that's shaped us, something that brings us to our knees before the Lord, something we're passionate about, something we're willing to stand up and fight for. And we don't generally understand each other's thing until or unless we live it for ourselves. But we can. We can understand at the very least that we each have something like this. Even if we don't know the details of living with it, we can be more compassionate. We can give people the benefit of the doubt. We can ask questions, not just about the struggles of those around us, but about how we can help and support each other. And we can know, no matter what the mountain we're climbing, that God will use it to shape us into the people he needs us to be to do the work he's called us to do. Number three, checking in. For the last year-ish, my best friend and critique partner, Stephanie, and I have been doing weekly check-ins. Now, let me explain. We chat on Google Google Chat used to be Hangouts pretty much every day. But each Friday, we have had a set time to talk specifically about the work we've done in the past week and share our goals for the week to come. Often, we'll even do this over Zoom so we actually get to see each other, which is nice. And the practice has proven so helpful. Not only does having a list of goals for each week help us keep on track, But listing out what we've actually accomplished helps us see that those weeks that feel frustrating and unproductive usually aren't. But sometimes we didn't accomplish as much as we thought we did, too. Having it all in writing and then sharing it with a friend who holds us accountable is just a fabulous practice. 
and one I look forward to continuing indefinitely. Number four, 25 books and counting. Last year, I had mentioned turning in my 25th book to my publisher. Well, this year, I get to say I officially have 25 titles in print and more in the works, of course. Five, ongoing Harry Potterdom. Last year, I mentioned that I had begun reading the Harry Potter series, largely because I was tired of not knowing what people were talking about. I'd listened to the first couple on audio, and I was enjoying them, but I wasn't in love with them or anything. But at this point, I have read six of the seven, and I am a much more avid fan. I'm making myself space them out and read other things in between, but I mean, the series really does get better as it goes on. I've switched from audio to paperbacks, and while I like reading the paperbacks, I have to say those enormous later books put quite a strain on the wrist. <laughs> Number six, my happy place. Sometimes the moment you come up with an idea, you know it's a winner. That was the case with the My Happy Place design I created last autumn. I promptly put it on teas, totes, and even a coffee mug, and I said, I think these will be popular. And I was right. Within weeks of announcing it, that design had outsold anything else I've done. And I gotta say, I wear my long sleeve tee constantly in cool weather, and we may fight every day over who gets to use the mug that day. Number seven, another story nearly 20 years in the making. I have so many unpublished books just lounging around my computer, but none are quite as dear to me as the one that I have named Yesterday's Tides. I wrote it originally as a contemporary, right after I graduated college in 2004, and for years I have been contemplating how best to turn it into a historical, going so far as to plant my hero in my code-breaking world of Room 40. And I am so thrilled that this year I sold that book to Bethany House. I will start writing it next month, and I can't wait. Number eight, these pretzels. So I tried these Prince and Spring peanut butter filled pretzels from box to dot com on a total whim a few months ago. I just needed a few more dollars to qualify for free shipping, and oh my gracious, the whole family's addicted. They are by far the best peanut butter filled pretzels I have ever had. And we may have joked more than once about how we'd be perfectly happy eating nothing else all day. Not that we tried that. <laughs> Number nine, seeing the story. The events of the last year combined in my head with the release of Dreams of Savannah and writing to Treasure and Eris, both of which touch on how we are shaped by stories, not just fictional ones, but the ones that brought our families and communities to where we are today. These thoughts led me to create the website, Seeing the Story, where you can share your stories, either in writing or as an audio or video recording. It's still growing pretty new, but I really believe in the idea. Number 10, 20 years. This year, David and I celebrated 20 years of marriage. Woohoo! You can read my musings on that in a blog post that will be linked in the show notes. Number 11, we have a driver. Zoe turned 15 this year, which in West Virginia means she can get her learner's permit which she has done. So the summer especially, we're working on teaching our little girl how to drive, which I admit is terrifying, not because she isn't a good job driver, but you know, how can she possibly be old enough for this? Number 12, Dreaming Big. Last summer, David and I both read the book Dream Big by Bob Goff, and we loved it so much, we ended up doing the workshop with our church and then hosting an online version too. And what a blessing that was. We love to explore what God-given dreams are in our hearts, and it was so much fun helping others do the same. Number 13, Dexcom. Another diabetes-related one, I know. 
So blood sugars in a type 1 are constantly fluctuating, which can be dangerous. So we have to check them frequently, or you can get a continuous glucose monitor that does it for you. We now have the Dexcom, which is one of those monitors, and it is such a blessing. We can now look on our phone any minute and see what Rowan's blood sugar is, which means not only peace of mind, but the ability to be proactive. I'm so grateful for this technology. Number 14, I have a kid who's taller than me. I have been waiting and waiting to be able to say this, and you wouldn't think it would be too difficult given that I am a towering 5'3" but Zoe stopped growing at 5'1", so she could never claim it. Um, but Rowan finally caught up, which means no more excuses not to put things away on the high shelves. 15, big screen at home. We've been trying to be intentional with our family time, and we decided it would be nice to have a way to actually watch things together in the living room. Um, we had a TV in there, but it was so old and the audio was going out and it really needed replacing. Uh, which meant we never really wanted to watch anything together out there. So we decided to spend some Christmas money on replacing it and found that for the price of a TV the same size as the old one, we could get a projector and a big screen. So we now have a genuine big screen in the living room, and we love it. It's retractable, so other than when we're actively watching it, you don't even know it's there, which I love. 16. The Expanse one of the things we have been watching on said big screen is The Expanse, a sci-fi show on Amazon Prime, and oh my goodness, the whole family was addicted. We can't wait for the next season to come out. My best friend Stephanie actually tipped me off on this one, and she was so right. Not only is the plot riveting and the writing spectacular and the cinematography spot on, the characters are so well developed that they just stick with you forever. We love this show. Number 17. David working toward his dream. I've mentioned in various places how grateful I am that after decades of supporting our family while I chased my dream, David finally gets to chase his. In addition to running our publishing company, he has a passion for film, and this last year he's made some amazing strides towards realizing those dreams, including working with a ministry to produce their talk show, which goes out on 26 or so satellite networks. Not sure I'm remembering the network the number correctly. He's also working on some project of his own, which is so cool. 18. Zoe the makeup artist. While working on the above-mentioned show, the crew had need of a makeup artist, and our daughter Zoe got to go along with David several times now to train in and actually do some of the on-camera makeup. She has always loved makeup and what you can do with it, so this is really cool. Plus, she's learning all about TV production, which we decided totally counted as a high school class, and she got credit for it. And of course, Zoe the artist. In addition to makeup, this is number 19, by the way, Zoe is just a flat-out artist. She's done illustrating for us before, but this year she had the chance to do a watercolor drawing for one of Chrism Press's first releases. So if you look in my blog post, you can see both the sketch and the final cover that her artwork is featured in. It's so cool. 20. My new desk area. So after dreaming for a while about how nice it must be to have dedicated workspace, I've been working from the kitchen table for eight years, I eventually realized that the desk we had in the kitchen for Rowan's homeschooling was never used for Rowan's homeschooling. So why didn't I just take that over? I set it up in January and it has been amazing. I now have a beautiful view out the window. 
I can keep my stuff organized, and I don't have to move all of my stuff off the table every night for dinner. Yay! The downside is, of course, that the desk belonged to the cats for the last seven or eight years, and they did not give it up graciously. 21. My last year reading to Rowan for school. So for the last 11 years, at least an hour of my day has been spent reading to the kids for school. We use the Sunlight curriculum, which involves parent read-alouds, up until 8th grade. Now, I have loved doing this, but Rowan just finished 7th grade, which means next year he is entirely independent. No more mama reading. It's bittersweet. I'm going to miss it, but at the same time, I am glad to have that hour for work and proud that both of my kids have moved on to that level. Though now, I am going to be much more purposeful about checking their progress on other assignments, which I was really bad at this last year. 22. Keynoting. Ever since I attended my first writer's conferences and listened to the amazing keynote speakers, I dreamed of someday being in a position to keynote. Ten years ago, I had no idea if or how that would ever happen, but it actually has. I received my first invitation to keynote for the Oregon Christian Writers Fall 2020 conference, which ended up being online, and I ended up not actually doing a keynote address. I just taught some classes and had a wonderful live Q&A session instead, which was a real blessing. It was a ton of fun. But I've also just received an invitation to keynote for the Spring 2022 Lancaster Conference, which, God willing, will be in person. I'm excited to speak to other writers, and it's also just humbling and amazing to realize that those goals I set so long ago are beginning to be realized. 23. Classes and Workshops Last autumn, I decided to record my classes on writing and offer them for sale on my website. It took months to get them all recorded, but it was fun to do, and I have gotten some encouraging feedback from the writers who have taken them. I've also discovered it's handy to be able to direct conference directors to that page on my site when it's time to choose which classes of mine they would like me to present in person. And also, for those who have taken the classes, I have been doing number 24, live Q&As. I have live question and answer sessions for my classes and all things writing related via Zoom once a month, and those have been so much fun. I do have a couple regulars who join me on those Wednesday evenings, and a couple that have just come once or twice, and regardless of how many of us there are, it is always such a fun conversation. 25. Zoe's Writing Skill And while I'm talking about budding writers, it has been a joy this last year to see Zoe fostering her love for writing too. She's been working on sci-fi and fantasy novels, and now and then she'll let me read a little bit, and I'm always so impressed at her voice and her talent. 26. Rowan's World Building Rowan, on the other hand, still hates reading and writing, but that does not stop him from telling stories in his own way. He has apparently been building a multiverse in his head for years, and this often comes out in his online gaming. He'll build bits and pieces of it in Minecraft and such. And I love going back to his room and seeing the amazing things he can be create in these online worlds, these gaming worlds. And they're almost always part of his story world, the things that he builds. So while his media is different from mine, he is still living out his creativity. 27. Stargazing together on vacation. Last September, the kids and I spent hours up on the rooftop deck of our rental house while David was having a book club meeting with his friends online. We were just stargazing and talking about stories. 
it was such an amazing time and I will cherish it forever. Not just pulling up the star map on my phone and identifying all the things we could see in the sky, which was great fun, but this was also the first time Rowan told me about his multiverse that he'd been designing. He and Zoe were brainstorming together since they both had this love of sci-fi and playing with names suitable for galactic entities and locations. And I think I spent a lot of time just sitting there, lying there, grinning like an idiot listening to them. 28. Bittersweet Book Stuff. The Copper Ring. I have had another series go out of print. It's inevitable in the writing world, but it's always bittersweet to get those rights handed back to me. It's sad to sever my last official ties to Harvest House, a company I so enjoyed working with. But it is also fun to get to design covers for the series myself and put them all up in my store, which will be coming very soon as of when I'm recording this. 29. New phones for all. So we did not get our kids cell phones when they were younger. And in fact, we would not have gotten Rowan one now, except we had to for his Dexcom. Our original plan had been that they would get a flip phone when they started driving, fewer distractions, but Rowan needed the smartphone for his app, and we couldn't then not get one for Zoe, who was driving anyway. So Zoe and I, or David and I, both needed new phones as well in order to run the Dexcom follow app, so we just all got new phones. And I admit, it is really nice to be able to call or text them when we're apart and be able to check in. Number 30, racial reconciliation. Last summer and fall, I decided I wanted to be more proactive about learning about racism and racial reconciliation, so I've read quite a lot of books on that this last year. I've joined some Facebook groups, and generally, I try to make conscious choices every day to consider my lens and how I can alter it. I admit some of my efforts got a bit interrupted by the advent of diabetes in our house around the same time, but it's something I continue to think and pray about and look for ways to contribute meaningfully to. 31. Intentional. I'm not sure why this is arriving so low on the list, but it's actually my word of the year. And I've been making an effort day by day and week by week to live it out. Now, a lot of times when I have a word of the year, I kind of forget about it until the end of the year and I'm looking back, but not this year. I have actually been intentional about being intentional. How about that? So I've been more intentional about the spaces in my home and how I can use them better, about my time and how I'm spending it, about my food, about my books and study, about my faith and prayer life, and about my family. So some parts were easier than others to do this with, but I love looking back over the year thus far and seeing how I have made choices with purpose. 32. Keto. When my husband and I were talking about being intentional in January, I did mention that part about being intentional with my food, but I was failing spectacularly at that thus far this year. And I was also getting steadily more tired and exhausted despite sleeping plenty of hours. My muscles felt like lead when I tried to exercise, and I just didn't know what was going on or what to do about it. Uh, my doctor ran some, you know, tests on thyroid levels. Those were normal, which meant I was still scratching my head. So I did some research and I kept coming across the keto diet, which is, of course, super fab, fad popular. Um, and I was actually familiar with it because my best friend's son was on it as a medical diet for years to cure his epilepsy, which it did. So the keto diet also resets your metabolism. And we decided, you know, it's worth a try. See what it can do for my energy. We're only a couple weeks in, but thus far it's going well. I have been spending a lot of time cooking homemade meals and doing a lot of math, 
but my energy levels are improving a bit and I'm losing some weight and honestly, I'm enjoying the foods. So we don't intend to do it forever, um, but we just want to see what it can accomplish and I am praying it accomplishes what I need it to. 33, my desk chair. This goes along with the dedicated desk I finally have. It involves a real honest goodness desk chair, like with padding and stuff. I've had this chair for years over at our office, but when I set up the desk in the kitchen, we decided, nah, bring it over here. And oh my gracious, after a decade of working every day from a kitchen chair, this thing feels divine. And the cats think so too. You can see that picture above the desk. 34. Passport Renewals This summer, we had to get our passports renewed, which reminds me so clearly of the passing of time. We got those passports so we could go to the Canadian side of Niagara Falls for our 10th anniversary, and then we got the kids' passports in 2016 so we could all go to England and Paris for our 15th anniversary. Now another five years has gone by. All those renewals, of course, came due at the same time, so we just got the new ones back, and we are now free to roam about the world again. 35. Painted Edges one of the fun things I've stumbled onto this year is painting the edges of my books. Zoe and I have been wanting to do this for well over a year and finally just started experimenting with it. And it is so much fun. Also, I love how they're turning out. These are available for sale in my shop and they have inspired me to get the next couple numbers on my list. 36. Purple Foil Certificates of Authenticity these things are just so pretty, they deserve their own number on the list. Aren't they cool? You can see them in the blog post, which I will, of course, have linked to in the show notes. I designed them and had them printed at a place specializing in foil printing, and they are just gorgeous in person. And each hand-painted book gets one, signed, sealed, dated, and numbered. And also that required number 37, an embosser. So the certificates have to have an embossed seal. I mean, that's just part of their deal. So I designed and purchased a cool stamp and embosser with my logo on it and a roll of gold foil stickers. And oh my goodness, when I opened that box, I just felt so cool. They're so neat. <laughs> Number 38, notes from readers. It's not as though this is new from the last year, but when I look back over the highlights of the last 12 months, Many of them are the emails, letters in the mail, and messages on social media from people who have read my books and then gotten in touch to tell me how they touched them. So often, we write in the bubble, and these notes are reminders that though the work is solitary while we're doing it, the whole purpose is to reach out into the world. And I am just humbled and awed at how God uses my stories for His purposes. And the last one, number 39 one more year until 40. I think in my head, I'm still like 28, but no. One more year until I hit the big 4-0. I decided over a decade ago when I was still in my 20s that I was always going to embrace my age, whatever that age may be. No hiding it around here. Still, the 30 decade has been pretty sweet. Here's praying it wraps up well with a year full of joys. Check out rosannamwhite.com for information about me or my books and to subscribe to my newsletter. This episode of Wordfall is brought to you by Bookish Teas and Totes, bringing you t-shirt and tote bags for book lovers created by book lovers. Check out bookishteasandtotes.com to see our latest designs. Wordfall is a proud part of the White Fire Podcast Network, 
please visit whitefire.tv slash podcast for other shows I know you'll love.